0: Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the founder of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing artists and creatives working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: Omar, thank you so much for being here with us on the Creative Metaverse podcast. And we're filming here in Austin, Texas at the Yellow Jacket Social Club, which is a super cool place. If you haven't ever been there, come and check this place out next time you're in Austin.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, make sure to do that. I haven't been in a few years.
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome. So, Omar, um, you're so cool. And I just wanted to oh, wow, start off. <laughs> Just like, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you, your journey of how you got to be, you know, the character art lead at Sucker Punch.
2: Sure. Uh, well, also thanks for, thanks for having me and thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to chat with me. Um, so yeah, just to kind of like hop in about how I kind of, you know, started out a little bit was, uh, I'm from Chicago and, um, when I was like graduating college, I had like a, an illustration major and I was kind of panicking about what I was going to do with that uh, like right after college. And I thought, you know, maybe graphic design, all these different types of things, but it didn't really interest me as much as, you know, some of the other things that I was seeing. And I think I was at a library and I picked up one of like the ballistic publishing books. And I don't know if like Noman at the time had a relationship with them. I was seeing all this amazing art in like the back of the ballistic publishing book, like even well, throughout the book, but at the back, I think it mentioned Noman. And I was like, man, I want to know how to do art like this. Like, how is this possible? Because it looks totally different, you know, especially coming from illustration. It's a little bit more traditional. And I didn't, you know, know any 3D or ZBrush or anything like that. And I, you know, saw some drawings uh, from like, you know, very popular concept artists like Kaiotaki and stuff like that. And it just inspired me. So I thought to myself, you know, I, I should really, uh, I should really try to pursue that. Cause it just looked so cool. I wanted to know how to make it. So then I applied to Nomen. They have like, a, they had a two year program at the time. I don't, I don't know what it is now, but, uh, yeah, I, I applied there. I got accepted. I just dropped everything and I flew to Los Angeles, uh, never been there before. So I moved there without really even visiting, like never went on vacation or anything and i spent 2 years there just kind of like learning 3d uh had like amazing time met like wonderful friends you know worked uh really hard with everybody and kind of you know i'm glad that i went at the age that i went which was like after college so i had a, like a little bit more discipline than maybe i would have had if i was like 18 and just jumping over there and still kind of in that mode but uh yeah, it was just such an amazing experience that uh, afterwards I was able to kind of like gather up a portfolio and I didn't, I don't know if I felt ready, like professionally ready, but you know, the two years is up, so you got to do something and you got to get a job. Uh, So then I I started applying at places and and slowly moved into the professional
0: world.
1: Very, very cool. And I mean, just doing that, you know, doing this kind of like, you know, if you will, graduate school in a way, it wasn't a technical graduate school or technically it wasn't a graduate school, but um, were you worried? Like, what if I don't actually like working in this medium? You know, I mean, tell me about that kind of.
2: That's such a good question. I don't think I thought too much about it. Like, I don't know if I thought too in depth uh, about like, Hey, you know, getting worried about what if I don't like it? I think I was just so inspired at the time, uh, that I already knew I really liked art and I really liked illustration. So there was almost like no question that I would like it. I think once I got there, I I found out what I like that they had to offer, right. Which was like modeling and texturing and that kind of stuff, as opposed to maybe the VFX stuff, or maybe some of the more technical, uh, aspects like you know, coding or writing tools or doing any of that kind of stuff. I was not good in like my scripting classes, Um, but I picked up the software pretty quickly. Um, And because I had an illustration background, I I was able to take some of those principles and apply those traditional art principles to some of the more digital stuff. Um, And it seemed like a really natural uh, transition at the time. So that's an
1: interesting question too, that I've, you know, kind of had is like, how important is it for you to have that traditional art background versus just going into the 3D world for you?
2: For me, it was essential, right? Like I don't, I kind of needed that. Uh, I needed that study and I needed to like be with people and to like take classes and do that stuff and be in that environment because that's kind of the way that I learn. But I don't think that any route is very, you know, is there's just one way to go. Uh, yeah. I think that there's, tons of people who are like really, really talented and might not have a traditional art education, but, you know, kind of just, it just clicks with them and they're able to like through YouTube videos or stuff like that, um, become like really amazing artists and can, you know, work at a professional level. But for me personally, I needed a little bit more of that structure. I think just strictly going 3d without that traditional background and without proper instruction. I don't know if I would have, would have been able to to connect some of the dots that I think that were essential.
1: Yeah, and you know, you you've got an interesting story cuz you got kind of lucky right after finishing your uh training and you got a job pretty quickly and then from there, you know, the trajectory just kind of fell into place like dominoes to a certain extent, but
2: yeah, am, hard work and luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you still had to really perfect your soft and hard skills if you will like you didn't come into it knowing how to do I mean you know you get trained in so many schools so many technical schools of anything whether you're a plumber you're an attorney or whatever but you still don't know how to do the job so what happened to you (laughs) when you got your first job you know like how did you figure it out
2: uh probably trial by error uh you know or trial by fire it was definitely like I didn't work in a professional environment. Before, right? So aside from just (laughs) like aside from just doing the art, which was like, you know, not the easy part, but you can kind of learn through time. It's also like learning how to deal with individuals and how to conduct yourself and how to like check your ego and how to talk to people and how to understand hierarchy and you know, understanding politics, whether you play into them or you don't play into them, but also just know that they're a thing and you kind of have to be aware of that. Um, that was all, all new to me. So I think each year I get slightly better.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine like, you know, like us all, we make so many mistakes along the way. So, um, it's a pretty intense thing to do as a, a young person to try and figure out the craft and the, you know, the office politics of it all as well.
2: Yeah. And you're young and you kind of like run your mouth and then you kind of like, You know, you're developing as a person or I was developing as a person while I was while I was going through this. So kind of like knowing when to voice your artistic opinion and knowing when not to and like how far to push things and, uh, you know, how what what might be the best way to get someone to accept and to implement your ideas, you know, might not just be the straightforward, Hey, this is what we should do. You know, it might be a little bit of like, do someone a favor. Right. And then they'll, you can start forming relationships with people. And then through those relationships, it, you know, allows you to kind of get other ideas done because maybe some people will jump on board to help you out. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a lot of learning and, and at the same time learning how to do the professional stuff because I didn't even jump in just doing characters. I kind of came in, uh, you know, I did, had an internship with Blur doing scene assembly, which was like compositing. And then uh, from there, I went to 3D concept art. And then from there, I like begged them to let me do characters. And, you know, it kind of, it, yes. it was a big, a lot of, a lot of things going on at one time.
1: Well, I love that story too, that you told me uh, a while ago about how, you really wanted to get into characters, but you had to go and kind of prove yourself that, you know, you might be able to do this. And they finally kind of decided to give you a chance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was good enough right out of school to like start doing professional characters, you know, because they're really hard to do and they require a lot of different disciplines. And I'm not saying the other disciplines aren't, aren't extremely difficult, but just for me going into characters, it was kind of tough. Um, but I knew that's what I wanted to do because that's what I was most interested in. And I also had the most fun doing concepts that also like related to characters, like I did helmets for star citizen and stuff like that. And I always thought that was fun and getting to see them modeled and made and put on characters was really exciting to me. So really I just kind of like begged a producer. I was like, you know, if there's any character work, (laughs) you know, help me out. And he said, he'll think about it. And I totally get his reservation, right? Like my portfolio, you know, wasn't, super banging at the time and stuff like that but then he started giving me a few characters and and things like that and they seemed to be okay at the time all right um and do you cringe
1: at them now or do you still like are you still proud of them um
2: I don't think I I don't cringe at them now I just know that it's part of it was part of my learning process yeah but i have removed a lot of them from my portfolio <laughs> if that's what you're saying yeah
1: no i mean i love but, i really love your perspective on just evolution as an artist and a human being right like i think that's the absolute right way to look at it it's not like it's good or bad it's just an evolution um uh, totally I think that's a really healthy perspective
2: i think i think years ago i would have i would have been like oh my gosh these were so bad and sometimes i think that like i'm like so i guess like yeah i do but I, I, I try to appreciate like where I was at the time that that was was made, but I'll I'll tell you that the game that I was working on at the time redid all those characters. So like there <laughs> was, you know, after many years, something you know, right? Uh, you, you think things get redone all the time, and you know your execution gets better, and then you look back and you're like, man, I could really redo this even better, you know, through but so that's through. The,
1: yeah, but that's also part of the the game, right? I mean, it's like you know you work on a character up until the last minute and then everything changes sometimes.
2: That's very, very, very true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I I can't imagine how many hours you put into one of these characters and then having it all kind of change.
2: Yeah. I think working in game, they're, they're changing like all the time. Um, I actually don't have too much experience where I've like made a character or the team's made characters that, didn't experience like late game changes. Um, Right. You know, if you're developing a character later on in the production cycle, those tend to stick more because, you know, you spent the first part of the production cycle kind of like learning what works and learning what doesn't work. So then you can implement those. So for example, you know, when you're working on a game, the first character you want to see is generally like, who's our star? Who's our hero? that character is going to be worked on all the way to the very end. Uh, It's going to be hard to say like in the first, you know, couple months when you make your character and just be like, that's it. That's it forever. You know, you're going to be revisiting and revisiting that character because through the process, you're going to be getting new tech. You're going to be learning new tricks, learning new things and and constantly improving on it.
1: Well, also, I, I guess you've kind of adopted, or you have to adopt this attitude of like, you have to expect the change and not let it ruffle your feathers too much.
2: Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, especially in the beginning, you know, you, you see change and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. Like I, I just did it. And I have to go back to like the high right. poly and, and do all this adjustment. That means I have to do all this work. And, and then that kind of, you know, that kind of, that was kind of demoralizing early on. But then like that, then you learn that like that is the job, right? Like right. that is game development. There's changes that are going to be made. So it doesn't really benefit you too much to to worry about those kinds of things because you just learn to accept it, right? And then your whoever you're working for is also like they're paying for your time and they're paying for the privilege to own the artwork that you're creating, right? So um anything that you could do to guide or to help and contribute to the greater vision, like that's that's the objective right there, right? So it's like if the change is being made and it's for, and it is for the better and you kind of know it is, then it's like, it's, it's definitely worth it to do. Yeah. Um, and also but after the, so well, many kids, care- Oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was gonna say, but the hard part is when you may not agree with the change, you know, and how do you like overcome your ego in that moment to be like, you know what, you know, at the end of the day, it's not my choice.
2: <laughs> right. Uh, that's tough because you know, everybody has their opinions, especially when it comes to like an art form that's subjective, you know, like there's definitely like objective things in games. Like, does this look like a toaster? Yes or no. You know, but then there's the subjective things where it's like, I think our main character should be male, or I think our main character should be female. I think she should have long hair. I think she should have short hair and like all these kinds of things, you know, I think that he should have a gun or whatever. And, uh, the, the best thing you try to do is like, you know, really try to listen to what other people are saying and why they might want to go a certain way with something. And then also know uh, when to speak up, because, you know, I feel, you know, when I work for a company, you know, oftentimes I'm encouraged to share my opinions, whether they take them or not Uh it's, I still want to be able to voice my opinion. Now, I also try to like not be too annoying about it. You know, like if I have an opinion that I disagree with the art director, I will let the art director know like, hey, I don't I don't think this is the right decision. Right. But I will maybe say it like once or twice, but I won't consistently bring it up. And then I won't just like, you know, or I'll try out. not to. <laughs> yeah, but- how of course I'm not perfect, right? Like right, I'll right. sometimes that I'll do this kind of stuff. I try to check myself, but like we're super imperfect beings. So I I always I I, tr- I consciously make an effort to try and 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 you know check that check that ego and also like understand what other people are thinking and try to do that. I don't always succeed, but it's definitely something that's actively being worked on.
1: Yes. No, that's awesome. I mean, I think, you know, anybody who's being honest will say the same thing. I mean, not everybody's actually working on it, but (laughs) everybody does struggle with it. Right. So I, um, I do really appreciate, you know, hearing that. Uh, and that also kind of makes me think, you know, why, you know, for some people it's really hard to take the opinion of others. Like they just want to create their own art the way they want to create it. And do their thing, and they don't want to hear, you know, too many comments from other people. And you know, somebody with like your skill set and your talent, like you could clearly go and do your own thing. So, why, why work for a studio? Why not just go off and do your own thing? Um, um, or well, do you, you know another type thi- of You said job. a couple
2: of things in that one. One we were just talking about like listening to other people. Uh, yeah. And I could just hit on that real, real quick, which is like, yeah. a, I love. I love to get critiques from other people. and uh, I think at at sometimes you can be sensitive about it, right? like it it, it could almost feel because it's kind of sometimes there's a lot of, you know, you put you put a lot into it, right? And there's right. some vulnerability to showing your art. It's a really vulnerable job because you're like, is this good? Like, do you like this? I need like your validation. And I need the validation from other people. So it's kind of strange in that way. And you're valued by essentially the work, the artwork that you can do. So um, when people critique it, at first, it can kind of be scary, and it can kind of be hard. And, but eventually, it really just starts to click that, like, you're gonna get really good when you start getting opinions on your work. Mm. So what I love to do is like whatever group that I'm in, if we're, if I'm working for a company and we have like a team of character artists and stuff like that, critiquing our, each other's work is really healthy. And also knowing how to critique is also a skill in of itself, right? You can't be like, this looks shitty. You know, you have to say something, you know, be like, here's the problem with this, here's why it looks like this. And here might be a potential solution and also be comfortable saying, you don't know, you know, being like something feels off. I don't know what it is. Somebody in this group may know what I'm feeling and can kind of communicate it to you better. But everybody is working together to make the best package, right? To make the larger goal, which is the game to make that better. Right. So like you have to get comfortable with critiques and you have to be honest with critiques. And it goes both ways. Some people are too shy to give critiques and some people are too sensitive to receive them. And those are things that you got to both kind of balance and then push yourselves and stuff like that. You know, if you think something doesn't look right, you know, try and be comfortable. And then also, if you're in a team and they and that's just part of the habit, critiquing and giving that advice. It it doesn't feel like anything after a while. It, it just feels like you kind of look forward to it, you know, like you're like, I want to get this critique because you know, I just want to push myself. And then the whole team pushes themselves and then they all rise. Um, so that you know, working with the team that gives good critiques and receives good, I mean, is 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 it's totally essential. And you kind of got to throw everything else by like the wayside, your emotion, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you want to get the best character out there. Um, but then you, the second part of your question was um.
1: Well, I think you kind of answered it. I mean, just like you're clearly somebody who loves working with the team and you love that collaborative environment. And like you said, you know, like you're in the right place for you because you're not that person who's like, I want to be on my own and, you know, to hell with everybody else. Like you really enjoy that um, camaraderie. And I think so many people do. I think that's why they're drawn to these industries as well, because um, I mean, you can create a character all by yourself, I guess, but you can't create the whole um game right you can't do all the pieces on your own
2: no like there's the character art side of me but then there's also the game developer side of me right and they're both rewarding things that I don't necessarily uh feel like feel like giving up um I I really like uh both aspects of that
1: yeah so just like talking about you a little bit as a character artist like what do you think makes you such a great character artist like what is it that you know you kind of uniquely uh, you know worked on and established to set your work apart i mean obviously you've got a super positive attitude which i think is like no i'm being serious like i think that's that's a really big part of it you know
2: uh so, so so what sets my work apart
1: yeah like what do you think is like you know making your character work different
2: that's a really, uh, that's a really good question. I think it's just experience, right? Like I just, everybody's experiences kind of lead into the way that they do things. And I could work for one company and the mentality might be like modularity, 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 and then that will have uh, an impact on how I kind of approach characters. Someone else might be like, you know, this is super stylized and that might feed into their aesthetic and their approach. I think because I started in like somewhat like pseudo realism that is also like kind of what attracted me and what I was also attracted in with a lot of things, um, and also working with different, uh, proprietary, like, well, I don't want to say just proprietary, but like working with like game engines, but also offline renders is like really interesting to me. So part of developing character tech is also really fun. Like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to write code, but I love like watching like the GDC talks or watching like YouTube videos are like, okay, this is how we approach this character's hair specifically. This is how we approach this character's like outfit specifically, you know, all all this kind of stuff. So that kind of technical aspect also is really interesting to me. And So when I'm working on my own stuff and I'm working on my characters, there's different things that I focus on. Kind of like, what do I wanna exercise? Like, what do I wanna exercise at the time? Yeah. So I definitely have and, an aesthetic that I like, but then I also have things that I kind of do, you know, personally and and to, to try and, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, walk me through kind of like the concepting. Like, how does it come down to you? You know, will the art director come to you and say, "Hey." Here's the game. Here's the storyline. I need a character that does, you know, X, and then you run with it. Or do they give you a lot more specifics, and then you fill in the nooks and crannies?
2: It's both, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna you're gonna have a character that's just not concepted, and they're like, Hey, I need a vendor, right? I need I need this guy to to sell these weapons. And then you're like, <laughs> And then they're like, okay, do I have a concept? Like, no, a concept is booked. Like you, Frankenstein something together. We need this guy to sell some weapons. And then you could work on your, you know, your concepting abilities and things like that. Uh, and you can kind of look at different things and how you want to approach the character, you know, but you really, you'll kind of, you'll get concept generally for characters that, you know, are important to the project. And then they'll spend less time on characters that are less important to the project. So, um, and also, also having a good relationship with concepts, like you can always just go, if you're having trouble with something and they just scribbled something, you know, like that's rough and you want something more defined, just being able to go up and like, Hey, I'm kind of confused on some of the shape shapes in here. Could you define it a little bit? Um, and you know, usually they'll absolutely help out, but yeah, it's, it comes, it's all over the place. Sometimes a character is, uh, you know, really defined and, you know, has been thought about quite a bit like of course yeah. and or concepted a bunch you know i i didn't work at Naughty dog but i'm i'm guessing you know Joel and Ellie had tons of iteration and tons of time spent right. you know making those memorable characters um and then for like you know bad guy 03 you know maybe slightly less time
1: yeah yeah and what about um like what's your favorite part of that do you like uh getting like the blank slate more than you know Or do you like, you know, having some more of the story defined for you?
2: I I absolutely love having like more of the story defined for me. Yeah. But at the same time, having a rough concept can be fun, but it's also really challenging. So if you get a concept that's kind of rough, but you kind of know what you want to execute, you'd be like, oh, I'm glad that it's rough. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then there's the sure. other side of you where you get it and it's rough and you don't know how to connect with it. Why didn't the concept <laughs> artists like draw this better for me, you know, or, or something like that. Or like, why don't they, con- so.
1: I love you know, it. Just, yeah, no, for sure. Like we can't be satisfied with flop. anything. Yeah. And <laughs> right. where do you get your, like, where do you spend your time looking for inspiration? You know, is it music? Is it films? Is it, you know, other artists? Like, where do you find that uh, space for yourself?
2: Um, pretty pretty much this is going to be such a horrible answer but like pretty much pretty much everywhere um but specifically like I'll just give you an example like some things that I'm inspired by now is like high fashion so I'm kind of thinking about doing characters you know that you know have some sort of like you know 1970s or 80s like Miami film mix with like high fashion like that's just interesting to me right now so I'm like looking through books and I'm looking through things and and then on the other side sometimes I'll just be like man I really I'm really getting into like World War II you know and then you'll just dig a bunch of research it's just kind of fun just to like immerse yourself into whatever so you can kind of get inspiration anywhere uh I get inspiration for different things like when I see movies I get really inspired for like lighting you know I'm like oh man I would like love to like because these shots are, you know, done by, you know, some of the most amazing lighters and cinematographers and all, all that kind of stuff. So you see that and you're like, oh, this is so good. I want to recreate that. Um, and then other times you, you know, you hear you you hear a song or or you're looking at like even just like some strange like psychedelic artwork behind me, you know, and that might inspire you. You know, how can I combine like hyper-realism right, with right. psychedelia? You know, and then think about that. Um But also, yeah, yeah,
1: no, go ahead, please. Looking at other
2: artworks, artwork by people, right? Traditional, uh, non-traditional, like going on art station, perusing, uh, going to a museum, uh, just pop culture, like how real you can get to do and, and, you know, how, what the visual results you can get using real-time technologies or even, you know, partially real-time. Technologies like I see all the time, you know. Oh, this studio did this commercial or is doing this in Unreal because iteration time is high and the quality difference is low. Um, right, all sorts of things, you know. And seeing how car manufacturers with paints work with, you know, Epic and Unreal, and, and there's just the technology is just going bananas so quickly. I mean, now they have that hybrid of movies and games, like they had right, the Matrix, right, which is right. coming out. Then they had like this Matrix playable thing that released on the the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and and that kind of stuff. Right, but then there's also like, you
1: know, the Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, where, how come they haven't made the film of this? You know, yeah, like (laughs) it's such a cool concept, right? And you're so into the character. You want to see what happens, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, we use a lot of inspiration from uh, film right like our, our creative directors and our, our team over there was really inspired by the mood of like samurai cinema right which also blends with western cinema right. so you know there's these things from these you know spaghetti westerns from italian directors you know and being influenced by japanese cinema and then influencing you know japanese cinema but, like everyone's taken and borrowing from each other at all points in time and it. uh you know it's really interesting and so yeah I mean it to say to say that it, it would be it would make you know a movie or something like that I mean we took a lot of inspiration from film like
1: yeah is that why you think uh, like that game in particular is so successful because it feels so like it's so story driven
2: uh, I think there's a lot of things that make that game really successful. I think that's probably one piece of it. Uh it's probably a large piece of it. Uh, you know, visually it's it's, you know, really good looking and it's it's bold and it's loud and it's kind of like fantasy a little bit yeah. in, in some ways, right? It transports you, but the combat is tight, the story is good, um, you know, writing is 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 done well right. and and character development and you know the uh, it, you know just a the team just did a really good job uh working together and executing on a really cohesive vision. So yeah, yeah. I, I, everybody did such a killer job. Everything, on, on that yeah, project. it's like
1: everything came together beautifully. So, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about like this other side of you um where you're a mentor, you know, and you know you're mentoring at Vertex now and kind of like why you decided to do that and you know what excites you about that side that's, of you?
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. That's funny. Because, you know, I don't really hear that. Like, I'm a, I'm a mentor that often. So it kind of feels <laughs> weird to hear it. Like, because the way I interpret it is like, oh, do you want to like talk to people about characters? Right. And I'm like, yes, I would love to. Um, but really, I mean, I taught at Nomen for like two semesters. And then I left because I moved to to Washington. and I wasn't able to do that. And I really liked teaching because I get to talk to people about the things that I love you know, for a chunk of time and it's, it's cool. And I also like problem solving. It's really fun. So to get with students and the problem solve is really rewarding and, and fun for me. And, uh, it's also, you know, rewarding to kind of like maybe help them figure out and, and improve and see the progress of other people. Yeah. That's really rewarding and, and, and nice to see. And also I like to just get a lot of ideas from, new people who are excited about this kind of stuff um and who you know when your mind is like that and you're just absorbing you're firing on all cylinders and you're doing all this kind of stuff you know they have really great ideas of characters that i'll try to take and and then try to change my perspective on how i approach things so it's just a really like mutually beneficial uh experience um and you know it's really you know it's really good for me as well like i i really enjoy it right um because i still love characters and i love talking to you know to students about them because they're also really super excited yeah right? yeah because i can for talk sure. at work i have characters around me at work you know but there's also like the same five people you know currently right um and that's really great um but then this also just kind of gets me out there talking to like all sorts of people who have no experience with this and, and tons of experience with this and how can I explain it better and how can I help them and you know maybe they come up with a problem that I don't even know and then I could learn that and now I got a little bit better you know so that's just, so cool it's just you know cool and fun and I hope I hope that you know the the you know students get something out of it uh, and I know that I do
1: yeah and you know like what was what's your advice for people kind of coming into this. Um, world, you know, learning some of this tech, learning some of these pieces, and you know, trying to get a job in the industry. Like, what's your, you know, your biggest takeaways for somebody at this stage in their life cycle of an artist?
0: Um,
2: I guess it would be to, tr- to you know, this also is going to sound kind of cringy, I guess, but like <laughs> yeah. tr- tr- try, try and have fun. And the reason I say try and have fun is because there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of like self doubt a lot of imposter syndrome i mean like you're putting your heart out that you're making artwork that's right. going to be viewed right like that is that's pretty intimate and that can kind of take a little bit of a a toll on you and that could kind of steer you away or 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 you know in whatever direction that you you want to go and and as long as like you can kind of approach it with some like lightheartedness and still have fun um then it will help you keep going and, and you'll get better at your craft over time. But a lot of times I see, you know, students who who have talent will come up to come up to me and, and be like, well, I don't know if this is for me. This person in, in here is already so much better than me. Like, how could I ever compete? You know? And that's kind of disappointing because you're like, well, you haven't found what like makes you unique yet. Right? Like, yeah, maybe you're not gonna be. As amazing at creatures as this person, and maybe something clicks for them, but like you know, they you have something that they probably don't have. And the more time you spend, you might discover that, right? And you right. do all these kind of things. So I mean, of course, you know, there there's there's all sorts of gamut on people's skill and 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 you know, talent and their work ethic, right? It's a huge pot, but um Yeah, I, I think that when you first start getting in an industry, you start to hear things and you can kind of get mixed messages. Like you need to be working 14 hour days. You need to be working 15 hour days like this. And yeah, there's some validity to that because it allows you to get good quickly. Right. But you know, then there's the, also the side that's becoming more popular now, which is like, you know, take some time for your mental health. Right. Like eat right. Stay hydrated, (laughs) you know, like simple things that people forget. Um, you know, be, be easy on yourself, try to keep things simple, like break problems down into small things. Right. And then try to like go down a checklist. Like there's certain things that you got to do, um, just to, just to kind of, or at least I had to do. Right. Right. Just to kind of stay, to stay with it. Um, what are you
1: doing like now? Like just to keep that, that same spirit alive within you where you don't fall into, you know, working too much and burning out and keeping your inspiration alive and you know all of those things and like keeping yeah. it light and having fun with it right because everybody can take life so seriously at times
2: totally totally um I I, I I fluctuate right like sometimes I'm like man I'm really terrible at this right and I've been <laughs> doing it for a while right so I should already know that I'm not terrible at this right but sometimes I think that way but I just think about that way less I think about that less now than I did before. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like the stock market, just like slowly going or hopefully the stock market slowly going up, but there's some volatility there. Um, But what I do is I just have some things that like I've done that kind of help me in my mental space. Right now I don't do them as much because I just had a baby and that takes up all of your time. But aside (laughs) from that, um, like I will like paint model cars. Like that's kind of fun for me. You know, it's not what I do for a living, but like it's still somewhat of a creative outlet. That's not exactly what I do. Or maybe even incorporating some traditional sculpting that I didn't do before. That is just like oh, I'm just like learning how to do clay, and you can also get your little rewards that way because like you'll get a you'll you'll get a spike in skill quickly before you plateau. As of now, it's like it's so much more gradual because I'm so much deeper into it. But with right. learning a new skill, you kind of get your little jumps faster. So that's really rewarding. Also, I like to uh, do things that I like. Um, I remember I think I spoke to you about this. I had a a friend who told me, you know, he has a sketchbook that he pr- like part of his rule is like not to show anybody. And yeah. the reason he does that is because it allows him to experiment and fail and essentially have a sketchbook that's more like free of the mind, you know, or just like or not free of the mind, just a free mind, right? And I noticed that in art school, people have their sketchbook and they would show people their sketchbook. So they're always making something to like show somebody like that. They're going to be judged on it. So right. like everything kind of has that. So I love that idea. And then I do things that I know, or sometimes I know, and unless they turn into something I really like that I'll show people, but I'll do something just understanding like that I'll never show anybody. And it's okay because like, I could experiment and be totally off. But I don't badger myself that it looks like crap. I just like save that file, you know, put a little date on it, and then I'll be like, you know, that was a failure, but uh it was fun to do, right? Like so you can do there's there's little things, but personally for me I that's a pressure that I I can relieve for myself and I could just be weird and and then experiment and allow myself to to fail pretty comfortably. Yeah.
1: No, that's that's a huge thing. And I I imagine like it can be hard to allow yourself to do that, like the more experienced and established you get, because you're not used to failing as much as you know at this stage in your career as you were earlier on. So like that's where the learning happens in many times in many situations. Mm -hmm. Um so I wanted to kind of close out some of our conversation with just like your thoughts on the metaverse and you know what
2: oh I'm like what is like? person
1: <laughs> really
2: I c- i'll give you i'll give it my best shot but like when we t- if, if it's like talking about like nfps or bitcoin <laughs> or what i'm just i my my brain just doesn't even process in that in that world but uh yeah i, I do find it pretty interesting and i've definitely had some conversations about it but uh yeah what w- would you uh
1: well, you know, I mean, just like as a character artist and like, you know, the more like I said earlier, like how this line is being blurred between the physical and digital and how, you know, everybody may be wanting to create these super realistic characters, you know, and um, you know what that's going to be like. And also just trying on like all these different identities that you can in this digital world. Right. And so I don't know, I guess what is your take on it as somebody who creates characters for a living like what do you think that is um you know what do you see that that evolution how is that going to happen or what do you think about it
2: sure well it's hard for me to wrap my head around because you know games have been creating these little worlds for for a while Right. right so you can think about like i don't know if anybody remembers playstation home Right. That was like you had your little avatar and you could go and you could play games and do sort of things and customize your character, have an apartment, do all sorts of stuff. Then there was uh like Second Life. I know that was a thing that people were like selling buying land and like having nightclubs. Right. So I've seen metaverses like if you can call those metaverses um that way. But I guess what confuses me is like, so you have all these companies making all these different technologies and Like how do they talk to each other and work together? Cause to me, like that would be the metaverse, right? Like all, like you can go to different, you can go to Facebook's metaverse, you can go to Epic's metaverse, you can go to all these metaverses and you should be able to go seamlessly in between all of them. So finding a way for them to talk to each other, I don't really know how that, I don't know how that works. And I see this race and I see this word, uh, like metaverse and i'm wondering like what does it truly mean like what is it at its core like is it just a virtual world that you go in and that you shop and play video games like is that the commercial interest of it uh or you take media or you know you live your virtual life like ready player one style but that being said too you know when you talk about character art what does that do right that gives you if people are spending a ton of time in the multiverse like let's just say we're talking 30 years from now right right then uh there'll be more assets to be made just like consumer goods are now right like I'm wearing this hat i I, I bought this hat from you know a place or whatever and not too many people have the same hat because you know right blah 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 I bought it from the, a shop that no longer exists or whatever. So I think that there's gonna be more people making like tons of different assets, right? And then selling those assets that you could wear, I guess, on your digital avatar or use to populate. Like if you're gonna put on a play in the metaverse, someone's gotta make those characters, someone's gotta make those costumes. So you're gonna have those real world jobs just kind of become more digital. And then maybe a character artist would be you know, maybe more, uh impactful in that space but then maybe character art as a profession kind of splinter maybe because the quality bar is so high in very specific aspects you might have you know a character artist who just does you know hats for you know gucci or whatever (laughs) to do hats at that level you got to just only be thinking about hats right right? so but you you can execute you're just doing that or you know maybe it's uh there's someone who just specializes in like fabric or just special. So of course, like NFTs, like, Hey, this is, this is all be like limited edition. And then you could exchange this good for this. Um, it's all, it's all pretty interesting. It's all mildly scary and (laughs) it's all somewhat misunderstood by me. But right, yeah, but I mean, it's, I assume it's going to happen. It's like isn't isn't that the going into the going into the matrix isn't that like the next right? step that we that we take naturally
1: well I, what i think that's interesting about it to you know students is it's like there're going to be a lot more jobs for people and a lot of variety in jobs like um you know at vertex we always talk about how there's no um, shortage of uh, you know labor and talent you know it's just about like it's it's more about the talent and the finding the right people for those jobs and um and so as people will learn more and more of these skills there'll be uh more places for them to use them which i think is really exciting um but yeah i mean i think it's also kind of how you talk about a, a game studio and how we're learning as we go and that's part of why things change right nobody knows exactly how this game is going to evolve and there's no like script of like exactly everything is going to fall into place like we're developing as it goes so that's part of why you also adopt this like great attitude towards change because you get that we're we're kind of making it up as we go to a certain extent right and learning as we go so I think
2: yeah, that, we're all people and we're not all super smart. So it's like, <laughs> it, right? it, it, we're, you know, but we're all we, we you know, we, we work together and then something really cool happens often, you know, and you, you, you look at these people who are working in game studios and, and they're they're just people, right? Just just human beings. And then they're able to do something like so remarkable that's beyond any one individual.
1: Right. And they didn't know that they were going to be able to do that from the outset as well.
2: No, and I think you can even take like the most technical person and like the highest skilled or whatever you wanna call it at a game studio who knows the most. And when the game is shipped, they're still probably gonna think to themselves like, shit, we did that? Like, (laughs) Like, how the hell did we pull this off, right? Like you could take a CEO who's probably shipped a ton of games and then put them in that spot and they're like, like, damn holy crap, yeah. like, good job, everybody. We actually pulled like, this off. We pulled this off, you know, I, I you know, you think about it like uh, doing any like mass engineering project. They were probably like, this is crazy. This might not work, but like, let's, you know, give it a shot. You know, like digging yeah. like, the Panama Canal, it seemed impossible and they just kept <laughs> doing it.
1: Well, I think there's like something to that naivete that helps, right? Like if you knew how hard it was sometimes, or you knew what you were up against, you wouldn't even try it. So the fact that, you know, maybe that's what's happening with the metaverse too. It's like, it's all an evolution as we go deeper and deeper into it. And, but Omar, you've been super, super generous with your time and just giving us a glimpse into your world. And like Vertex is so lucky to have you as one of their mentors. I know students are really excited and learning a lot from you right now.
2: I appreciate you saying that, you know, I appreciate (laughs) the, the opportunity. I appreciate, you know, the time that you spent and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure any teacher and any you know, mentor, or whatever would would feel, would, you know, learns a lot from from students and, and new people coming on. So, no,
1: no, really it's true. It's, it's totally true. Um, yeah, no. So we really appreciate you, and um, it was super fun talking to you and getting to know you better. So thank you.
2: Yeah, I could definitely talk for for a while about like all this kind of stuff. You know, we can get in deep. But oh,
1: it's, good. It's, well will we'll have to do a like a part two.
2: For sure. 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 Okay, well, thanks awesome. so much.
1: Thank you Omar. Take care. Have a great rest of your day and congratulations on the baby.
2: Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. It really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now. So I look forward to hearing from you soon.